Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Our thanks to Adams Road Band for that musical introduction. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. The Power of Spiritual Momentum. It was a talk given by Russell M. Nelson, the 17th president of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You can find the entire transcript for this talk in the May 2022 edition of Liahona Magazine. And it begins on page 97. What Nelson is doing in this talk is he's taking the story of him watching a basketball game and how one team seemed to be propelled by this surge of momentum. And he turns that into a spiritual message when he says, So I ask, what can ignite spiritual momentum? And he's going to give a number of ideas that members of the LDS Church can use that will hopefully accomplish this. Well, his first one was not really an original idea at all. In fact, this theme was a huge part of a lot of the messages in General Conference in April of 2022. His point was, get on the covenant path and stay there. He said, the covenant path is the only path that leads to exaltation and eternal life. Well, Eric, from that statement alone, I think it would be safe to say that if a Latter-day Saint decides to stick his toe off of this covenant path, his exaltation is going to be in jeopardy. If that's the case, then it would certainly seem that your good works or your performance as a member of the LDS Church is absolutely essential if you hope to receive exaltation or eternal life, godhood, as it's taught in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. As we brought out in an earlier show, Nelson talks about the love of God, and that is a big theme throughout the April 2022 conference. A lot of the leaders were talking about this perfect love of Christ, no matter what you do or what you don't do. But then Nelson says the Savior loves us always, but especially when we repent. That makes me wonder, what does this perfect love of Christ look like for a Latter-day Saint if there seems to be degrees of this perfect love of Christ? More of it if you're repenting, less of it if you're not repenting? See, this is a question that I think members themselves have to answer for their own lives. But then he goes on to say again, when it comes to this covenant path, he said it doesn't mean that life will be easy, but he says it is the only path that leads to exaltation. So he uses that expression two times in this message. And I think he's trying to get the point across that if you get off this covenant path, you can expect dire consequences in the hereafter. One of the points that he gives for keeping this spiritual momentum is to learn about God and how he works. He said, one of our greatest challenges today is distinguishing between the truths of God and the counterfeits of Satan. That is why the Lord warned us to, quote, pray always that we may conquer Satan 
and escape the hands of the servants of Satan that do uphold his work, end quote. Now, he's not quoting from the Bible there, folks. He's quoting from the Doctrine and Covenants, section 10, verse 5. But when he mentions this need to distinguish between the truths of God and the counterfeits of Satan, now, naturally, since we are not members of the LDS Church, we admit we are outsiders looking in, We do not believe that Latter-day Saints really do have the truths of God, but in fact, they have been led by the counterfeits. So we would say that if you're a member of the church, I don't see this really working for you. I mean, you obviously have not truly discerned truth and error because of the things you've been led to believe. And when you ask many Latter-day Saints, well, how did you come to the conclusions that you have? Usually, the response is something like, well, I prayed about it, so it was a subjective feeling that told them something was true. They had a good feeling about it. And I've had Latter-day Saints say this, folks, a good feeling means something's true. A bad feeling means something's false. Now, of course, I find a lot of fault in that kind of a test because, well, let me just put it this way. If you were to go to your doctor and he was to say, uh, the test came back and it looks like you have terminal cancer, are you going to feel good about that? And if you don't feel good about that, does that necessarily mean that what your doctor told you is false? Well, of course not. So subjective feelings can also be very deceiving, or in this case, a counterfeit of Satan. How does a Latter-day Saint know that? They would argue, as I said, well, they prayed about it. Another way they determine truth is how. Well, this is what the prophet told us. This is what our apostles have told us. So you're taking the words of other fallen human beings, but in the case of the prophet, His big accomplishment is he happened to outlive all of his colleagues. That's why he's the president of the church, or he's the prophet of the church. The reason Russell M. Nelson, giving this speech, became the 17th president of the church is because he outlived all his colleagues. But then he goes on in the next paragraph to say Moses provided an example of how to discern between God and Satan. He said, when Satan came tempting Moses, he detected the deception because he had just had a face-to-face interaction with God. Moses quickly realized who Satan was and commanded him to depart. When Satan persisted, Moses knew how to call upon God for more help. Moses received divine strength and rebuked the evil one again, saying, Depart from me, Satan, for this one God only will I worship. Well, let's dissect that for a minute, because again, folks, you won't find these citations in our Bible. They're in the book of Moses, which is a unique part of LDS scripture. There's no evidence for the book of Moses. We have no transcripts of this book. We have no real solid evidence that it really ever existed at all, except in the mind of Joseph Smith himself. But what I find curious here, Eric, is when it says, when Satan persisted, Moses knew how to call upon God for more help. Well, that's not unique. Moses received divine strength and rebuked the evil one again, saying, depart from me, Satan, for this one God only will I worship. Well, part of that sounds like it comes right out of the Gospels during Jesus's temptation when he rebukes Satan. But when it says, for this one God only will I worship, 
That is Moses chapter 1, verse 20. For this one God only will I worship. But yet in Mormonism, they have three gods within their Godhead. Now, Latter-day Saints are told that they are supposed to direct their prayers to Heavenly Father, but it was Gordon B. Hinckley that I recall when he was president that often emphasized how Latter-day Saints were to worship Christ. We worship Christ, he said. Well, if the Father and Christ, Jesus Christ, are two separate gods, how would you be fulfilling Moses 1 verse 20 where it says, for this one God only will I worship. It sounds like Gordon B. Hinckley, at least, when he says we worship the Son, he also claimed to worship the Father. Wouldn't that be worshiping two gods in that particular case? It would seem that that would have to be the case if you're going to believe that there are three separate gods within the one Godhead, as the LDS Church describes. Then we have another suggestion made by Russell M. Nelson, and that is to seek and expect miracles. Now, I found that to be interesting because I don't often hear a lot of Latter-day Saints that I talk to boasting about all the miracles that they have had in their lives. I'm not talking about answers to prayer, which certainly some of those we could attribute to being a miracle, but usually a Latter-day Saint would categorize it as merely an answer to prayer. But he says, Moroni assured us that God has not ceased to be a God of miracles. Now, Eric, you would believe that, wouldn't you? I believe that God is a God of miracles. However, when you look at the expanse of time that is covered in the Old Testament, and we read about all the miracles in the Old Testament, it doesn't sound like miracles were, in fact, an everyday occurrence. They were very few and far between, at least the big ones. And and Russell M. Nelson gives a few examples here when he talks about God parting the Red Sea for Moses, helping Nephi retrieve the brass plates, and restoring his church through the prophet Joseph Smith. Nelson says each of these miracles took time and may not have been exactly what those individuals originally requested from the Lord. So while I believe that God is a God of miracles, I don't know if I'm expecting those kind of things as a daily occurrence in my life. And I have to wonder, do most Latter-day Saints expect it to be a a common occurrence in their lives? Well, I think maybe many do, because they have prayed about the Book of Mormon. They know that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is a true church. They give their testimony on Fast and Testimony Sunday, first Sunday of every month. So I'm going to say probably many Latter-day Saints are going to use that and other things that have happened in their lives to support the idea that miracles are happening regularly in their lives. But that's not what Nelson says. He Give some big things, as you mentioned, the Red Sea parting and the brass plates uh, being retrieved and the church being restored. Those are not personal things. Those are things that can be taken a look at objectively, and somebody can say, well, yeah, that would be a miracle. If I might speak personally on this subject, if I were not to see any miracle at all in my life, that would not dissuade me one bit from the promises that I have in Christ and the benefits that I see that I have because of Christ's sacrifice on my behalf. I don't live my life as a follower of Jesus merely because I'm expecting miracles, or really, when you think about it, not even blessings at all. 
Would I still follow Christ if I received no blessings whatsoever? I would hope my faith would still continue. I don't need those things to prove my faith. I don't need those things in order for God to prove himself to me. So if a Latter-day Saint is looking to these to keep him on the path, wouldn't we find that to be somewhat problematic? He goes on in this talk to talk about spiritual privileges being available to all who hear him and follow him. And here again is the admonition, my dear brothers and sisters, with all the pleadings of my heart, I urge you to get on the covenant path and stay there. Experience the joy of repenting daily. Now that phrase stood out to me, experience the joy of repenting daily, but yet isn't repentance an admission that you failed God? How would someone find joy in that? I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it. But when I find myself repenting of things that I've done that were probably stupid things, I don't get a lot of joy out of that. I don't need to get joy out of that because I've already received the forgiveness when I came to the cross at the beginning of my faith in Christ. But I'm just wondering, what does that mean to a Latter-day Saint? What does that kind of wording mean when they hear that they should experience the joy of repenting daily? Because if you're repenting daily as a Latter-day Saint, that means you're sinning daily. And I don't think anyone should rejoice in that thought at all. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.